Welcome to We The Kids. Hi, I'm Judy Frazier, president and founder of We The Kids. We The Kids puts God back into America's history. Listening to We The Kids radio show will inspire you and your kids to have a positive American identity, clear direction, and a powerful purpose for your life. Thank you for listening. Welcome to We The Kids Radio Show for kids from 8 to 108. I am Arch Hunter, a father, a husband, and an historian. And I'm Lydia Nuttall, a mom and executive board member for We The Kids and author of Forgotten American Stories, Celebrating America's Constitution. And later on in the show, we're going to hear from the We The Kids Liberty Players. The mission of We The Kids is to put God back into America's stories to help American kids be proud to be an American, to love and defend America's Constitution, and learn the principles of freedom that establish unprecedented freedom in our country so that they can preserve freedom in America. And that is so important. That's why we're doing this show. So we're glad you're listening. My name is Brendan. I'm 15 and live in Indiana. My name is Mallory. I'm 14 and live in North Carolina. My name is Sammy. I'm 11 and live in Arizona. And my name is Miss Deborah. I'm Brendan's mom. We're the We the Kids Liberty Players. Today we get to interview a history mystery guest who has traveled through time to meet us and to answer our questions. Here are three clues we will share with you to try to help you figure out who our history mystery guest is. The first clue this person was born on January 17th, 1706, and lived in Boston, Massachusetts. And the second clue is, this person became an apprentice printer at age 12 and ran away to seek his fortune when he was 17 years old. The third clue is, this person lived in England and France as an American diplomat for almost 25 years. Do you know who today's history mystery guest is? It's Benjamin Franklin. Mom, what do you know about Benjamin Franklin? I know that Benjamin Franklin's dad, Josiah Franklin, used to live in England when he was a boy, later was a blacksmith there. At the time he lived in England, which was the latter part of the 1600s, everyone had to support the Church of England, whether or not that was your personal belief or religion. So Josiah Franklin immigrated to America when he was 25 years old because he wanted freedom of religion He eventually settled in Boston, Massachusetts, married and had seven children. Sadly, his wife died. Josiah married again, and with his second wife, had 10 more children. Can you imagine that? Benjamin was their 15th child out of 17 children, and he was their 10th boy. That's a lot of brothers and sisters, and a lot of boys. 
Their kitchen table had to be huge to fit their whole family. Is there anything else you remember learning about Benjamin Franklin? Actually, yes. I remember learning that young Benjamin loved the water. He learned to swim really well, to boat and canoe with his friends in Boston. He really wanted to become a sailor, but his dad didn't want him to. Benjamin's oldest brother had been lost at sea. So he took Benjamin around Boston to let him observe other people working different trades. And one of those trades was printing. He arranged for 12-year-old Benjamin to become a printer's apprentice so that he would not become a sailor. And that's how Benjamin became the youngest printer in America at age 12. I remember learning that Benjamin Franklin eventually ran his own printing office in Philadelphia and that he printed a newspaper there, as well as a lot of books and pamphlets and even a yearly almanac. By the way, Mom, didn't Benjamin Franklin bury a woman named Deborah? Her name is the same as yours. Yes, Benjamin Franklin married a woman named Deborah Reed. She was the perfect partner for Benjamin and enjoyed a lifelong love for each other. Speaking of marriage, Benjamin Franklin once said, a single man has not nearly the value he would have in the state of union. He is an incomplete animal. He resembles the odd half of a pair of scissors. Together, he and Deborah had three children, two sons and a daughter. Speaking of Benjamin Franklin, here he is now. Hello, Benjamin Franklin. Hello, Mr. Franklin. Hi, Benjamin Franklin. Good day, children. A pleasure to meet you, and you as well, Miss Deborah. And may I use my customary greeting and say to you, Benjamin Franklin, at your service. It's good to meet you, too. Brendan, Mallory, and Sammy have some questions they would like to ask you. Mallory, would you like to ask your question first? Okay, Miss Deborah. Mr. Franklin, I actually have three questions for you. My questions are... What is an apprentice? How did you like being an apprentice printer when you were just 12 years old? And what kind of things did you learn to do? Think of an apprentice as a student and the person you're working for is a very mean teacher. I signed an agreement with my brother James to be an apprentice from 12 until 21. What I did, I didn't enjoy all of it. But I did love the printing because I got to read a lot of books. All the books that we printed, I read. I got to clean up. I got to work. I got to work some more. And then when I got done working, I got to work some more. And although we were in Boston, I didn't get to see my parents much at all. I truly learned a lot from my brother James. But James was a bit of a nuisance at times. And there were times we didn't get along. Okay. It's your turn, Sammy. Would you like to ask Mr. Franklin your question? Yes, Mr. Franklin. My question is, I heard you were a spy for the British during the Revolutionary War. Is that true? To put it shortly, the answer is no. But to explain it to you, I can tell you this. The British didn't really like me. They wouldn't even have wanted me as a spy. But what went on was when I was in America, there were those who considered me too much of an Englishman. When I was in England, there were those who considered me too much of an American. I received awards. I did. And I enjoyed receiving them. There were those back in America who 
started believing and actually saying things that I was trying to move up within the British to get higher positions. And some of this was believed because I was removed from my position as the postmaster general because of a situation that came up. I was never involved with the British as a spy. I loved my home country. Brendan, what is your question for Mr. Franklin? Well, I actually have more than one question for Mr. Franklin. Mr. Franklin, what exactly is a diplomat? And what exactly did you do as an American diplomat for 25 years in England and France? I would also like to know which country you like living in the best. A diplomat may be called somebody that is a smooth talker. But in reality, what it is, is usually a representative of one nation who works with another nation to keep peace, to work out deals, to make sure that both countries are happy. I did that within England. Didn't have as much success in Great Britain, but when we go to France, we did. I had the responsibility to make sure that we were getting from France all that we wanted And they, in return, were getting what they wanted from America. What country did I enjoy the most? A man or woman always likes to be someplace where they're treated well. In France, I was loved and treated well. But I will tell you this, I enjoyed or loved no nation, no country, no land more than this land of America. May I ask you another question, Mr. Franklin? When Mallory said her clue, she said that you ran away to seek fame and fortune when you were 17 years old. Why would you do that? And did you really do that? Yes, I did. Remember I told you, agreement I made with my brother was to be there from the age of 12 to the age of 21. And I gave you the hint that my brother was a bit of a nuisance. He wanted me to write poetry, but he would never let me write anything in the paper. I wrote some letters from Silence Do Good. You're going to have to read up on Silence Do Good. But I wrote letters and they went in the paper and we sold more papers than we ever had. And then my brother printed something which the British were upset at. He didn't write anything wrong, but they put him in jail. And while he was in jail, I ran the newspaper. We sold more papers than we ever had. Business was running well when my brother came back He did something to me he had done a few times, but it was the last time. He beat me up. And after he did that, I put my socks in my pocket, a loaf of bread under each arm, and I left. And I was 17. So, yes, I did leave. I have another question, too, Mr. Franklin. If you really loved your wife, Deborah, and she really loved you, why didn't she come with you when you were a diplomat in England or France? Why did you choose to be separated for 25 years? It's popular belief that you weren't true to your wife while you were away in England and France. And I'm hoping there's another side to that story. Is there? There is. Deborah and I were married 40 years. Of those years, 25 of them I was gone. Deborah was so afraid of the sea, she would not travel, could not travel. So as I would go, she would stay home. We would keep in touch through letters. And we loved one another. I would come home or was leaving to come home. But you have to remember, I represented Pennsylvania, Georgia, New Jersey, and Massachusetts in England. I was handling their dealings. So when I was going to go home at times, Pennsylvania would say, no, 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 Mr. Franklin, we need you to stay to take care of this. 
So that is why we were separated for so long. I was doing the work for my nation. There are many stories that say that I was untrue to my wife. Let me share you this. When I was in France, the people of France loved me. In fact, I remember writing a letter to my sister one day saying, I have set for more sculptures and more paintings than anyone. I believe there's a painting of myself hanging over every mantle in this nation. But what began to happen is the British also knew that the French loved me. So they sent spies. They sent people over to spread rumors. I remember a time when my grandson, Temple, he went with me to France. I called him my secretary. He would say, grandfather, I am your assistant. But he would say, grandfather, these men around you are spies. And I said, I know, but I like them. There was a particular spy named Edward Bancroft. He was my friend, in fact. He began to say things and write things about me to the ambassador of England in Paris. And he would write it on invisible ink, put it in a log, and they would spread and share information. I had one thing that I always said amongst the spies. I said, I will never do anything that anyone will ever see me do that will cause me to blush. I was honorable to my wife. I was true to my wife. The stories and rumors that you hear even today were those that were started and spread by the spies from Great Britain wanting to cause France to dislike me. It didn't work, though. It did not work. Mr. Franklin, I have another question also. My question is, out of all your work for 25 years as an American diplomat in England and France, what do you consider was your most important accomplishment? What would I consider my most important accomplishment during that time? Forgive me. At 316, there are times when my mind is not as clear. I would say that the time I spent in France, when we signed the alliance with France, that helped us during the Revolutionary War. Remember, England had the strongest, most well-trained army in the world. We had a bunch of farmers and merchants. But with France, they provided us ammunitions. They provided us cannon and weapons. And when they saw that we could win, their Navy was there. So my greatest accomplishment was getting France to support the colonies. That's, that's what I would say. Mr. Franklin, do you have any words of advice for our kids today? I do. I do. Be proud of your country. Be proud of your nation. Be proud to be Americans. The freedom and liberty that we enjoy in this nation today can be found no place else. The opportunities, no place else. This nation has been given to you by our founding fathers and all of those in between, your grandfathers, your family who have fought, who have built this nation. Be proud to be an American. I think that would be my advice for you today. Thank you for your advice, Mr. Benjamin Franklin. We appreciate you so much for joining us and answering our questions. And thank you, Mr. Franklin, for your lifelong devotion to our country. It's easy to see why you're considered a founding father. You are so welcome, children. I hope our paths will cross again soon, someday. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Benjamin Franklin. Goodbye, Mr. Franklin. Goodbye, Mr. Franklin. Goodbye, Mr. Franklin. 
Wow, being able to meet and interview Mr. Franklin was so much fun. I really hope we get to see him again someday. I can't wait to find out who our next History Mystery guest is. If you would like to find out who our next History Mystery guest is, join us again on the We The Kids radio show. If you would like to be a We The Kids Liberty player, let us know. You can contact us at wethekidsteam at gmail.com. Today, our professional living historian reenacting Mr. Benjamin Franklin was Mr. Wade Alexander, who is with Roots of Freedom. You can contact him at wade at rootsoffreedom.com. So today we have with us two of some of our favorite We the Kids Liberty players. Of course, they're all our favorite We the Kids Liberty players. But we have Christelle and Addie with us. And Christelle and Addie, why don't you tell us how old you are and what state you live in? And then I'll ask you another question after that. All right. Hi, I'm Christelle. I am 17 years old and I live in Utah. Hello, I'm Addie Wilson. I am 16 years old and I live in Utah as well. Yay, we're all Utahns today. So, Christelle, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, what is one of your favorite things to do when you have some free time? Well, in my free time, I do a lot of Taekwondo, which I've mentioned in previous radio shows. But like, (laughs) yeah, a lot of Taekwondo. So are you like a certain belt level? Do you have a part-time job? Yes, I work there and I'm a red black belt. So in one more year, I will be a black belt. Awesome. And then how about you, Addie? I do swim in my free time as well as draw. I'm on a high school swim team and I've been swimming for a number of years. Wow. You must be pretty good. Do you have a favorite stroke that you like to do? Um, I'd say butterfly and freestyle. Wow. Butterfly is not for the faint of heart, Addie. <laughs> no, it is not. So girls, I know you have learned about Benjamin Franklin in school, but if you could interview any of the other founding fathers who knew him personally and could hear what they have to say about Mr. Franklin, who would you choose? I think I would choose Thomas Jefferson. Why would you choose Thomas Jefferson? Because they both signed the Declaration of Independence. And in fact, they were both in charge of writing the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I learned they both served on the Declaration Committee or the Committee of Five on June 11, 1776. Congress appointed five delegates from five different states to draft the Declaration of Independence. These five delegates were, I think, John Adams of Massachusetts, Benjamin Franklin of Pennsylvania, Robert R. Livingston of New York, Roger Sherman of Connecticut, and Thomas Jefferson of Virginia. Addie, that was most impressive. I am amazed that you could remember all that from school. You've got a great memory, and you must have had a great teacher. So guess what, girls? I have actually arranged for Mr. Thomas Jefferson to come to our present time so you can ask him about his experiences with Mr. Benjamin Franklin. What do you think about that? Good afternoon, ladies. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Wow. Well, I understand you're interested in hearing the stories of Benjamin Franklin from one of his good friends. Oh, yeah, 100%. Totally. Yes, well, I first met Dr. Franklin when we were both members of the Second Continental Congress. I hadn't known him before. I had heard of him. 
But when we met there in that convention, and I began to understand what he felt about patriotism, and that it was very much the way I felt, we were drawn to each other immediately. And so we worked together during that convention. And as you already know, we were both asked to be a part of the committee to draft the Declaration of Independence. But I made a mistake because I was younger than him, quite a bit younger. He was, oh, he was in his late 70s already at that time. But he was clever enough not to volunteer to draft the Declaration of Independence. I, being enthusiastic and young, was willing, although I didn't think I was the best, uh, I was willing to draft the document and write it initially. So I did. And then we got together with Dr. Franklin and myself and John Adams and the others to look over my draft. And it began to hurt my feelings because they wanted to suggest changes to the words that I thought were so important. For example, I referred when talking about the king's violence against the colonists, I referred to the Scotch military being a part of the soldiers in America. And they suggested that we leave out the Scotch and just mention foreign soldiers that had been brought here. Well, there were several other things that they changed about my draft. And later, Dr. Franklin said to me, you know, I have learned a lesson. Better not to be the draftsman of the document, which will be reviewed publicly. Instead, let someone else draft it and I can make comments on it. Then it doesn't hurt so much when they make those changes. That's really interesting. Oh, you should hear some of the other stories that he was involved in. We were together for a time in France. He had been the ambassador to the colonies in France and was actually very successful in persuading France over a period of time to join our cause and send their Navy and some members of their army to our colonies to fight alongside us against the British. Well, that was a wonderful achievement. Then Dr. Franklin asked me to come and be his assistant. So the colonies sent me to be his assistant in France, and we spent about a year together there. He taught me how to be an ambassador. He taught me how to speak diplomatically. He explained to me what we had already done there. And one day we were in a gathering and there was a Mr. Abbey we were meeting with and they were having a conversation. And Mr. Abbey was quite certain of a story he had heard in the colonies about a Polly Baker. Well, <laughs> Dr. Franklin questioned him. He said, I believe that story may not be exactly true. And Mr. Abbey said, oh, wait, I check all my sources. There's no question about it. I don't remember who the source was, but I know it was a source that I trust. And Dr. Franklin said, well, I'm afraid in this case, it's not a true story because when I was writing and publishing in the colonies, I made that story up one day when we didn't have enough news to publish in our newspaper. So I created this story of Polly Baker. And therefore, I know that it's not true. <laughs> the, oh. Mr. Abbey answered, oh, very well, doctor. I had rather relate your stories than other men's truths. That's really funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Dr. Franklin he was a man of good humor, but he also was very wise. I was always amazed at what he knew about so many subjects. 
You may have heard of the currents in the Atlantic Ocean, which the Gulf Stream is part of and the currents flow around in the Atlantic Ocean. He discovered those. He was on his way over to Europe on a ship and he took measurements to confirm that actually there is a current under the water that no one had known about. So Dr. Franklin was indeed a very intelligent and observant man. And actually, he did most of his own education simply by reading books. I hope you girls, Addie, you and Christelle, you read a lot of books, don't you? Yes, I hope so. I hope we do. You, you <laughs> hope you do? <laughs> yeah, we do. Huh. Well, I hope so. If you pick good books, you'll learn wonderful things just like Dr. Franklin did. Yeah, that's super interesting. He could measure ocean currents. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I didn't even know he discovered those. Especially all the way back then, too. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, he was able to do a lot of things like that. We've heard a lot of other stories of his scientific discoveries. But the, one of the most amazing stories, I wasn't there when it happened, because I was in France during the time that the Constitution was being written. But Dr. Franklin was there. And one day, the men were having difficulty agreeing upon what they should write in the Constitution of the United States. And so Dr. Franklin was sitting in the corner quietly. He was 81 years old by the time they were writing the Constitution. And when they couldn't agree on what to say, he suggested that they should pray. Well, I thought, what a great idea that Dr. Franklin would do that. He mentioned that if the God of heaven is able to notice even when a sparrow falls to earth, surely the creation and the rising of a great empire would be recognized and assisted by the God of heaven. So some people wonder whether Benjamin Franklin was very religious. Well, he certainly believed in God and he believed in prayer and thought that at the time of the writing of the Constitution, they should pray. Yeah, he must have had a lot of faith in God to do that. How do you think everyone else responded to his suggestion of the prayer? That was very interesting. He tells me that they did not pray. They chose not to pray at that time. But because he had suggested the idea, everyone stopped arguing. And they began to think inside themselves. And they were able to make progress on that difficult question they had been discussing. Cool. That's interesting. Well, Christelle and Addie, I hear the folks out on the farm calling me here at Monticello. I'm going to have to break away. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Yes, you too. You too. Thanks for being on the show today. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Wow. listening to the We The Kids Radio Show. We want to invite everyone from 8 to 108 to listen and please join us on We The Kids Radio Show and to hear more forgotten stories. Learn the principles of freedom that established unprecedented freedom in America so that we can all, whether we're 8 or 108, preserve our freedom. (laughs) 